I'm going to jump in. I'm going to jump into what I have to say. Um, if I were to tell you that Eldrick Taunt Woods was about to walk through those doors, what would you guys do? You'd say, who is that? You'd say, so what? You, you, it would be business as usual. But if I told you that Eldrick's nickname, Tiger Woods, was about to come through that door, you'd probably sit up a little bit straighter. You'd probably wonder why, what is such a high, he needs Jesus. Why was such a high profile guy, Tiger, if you see this, I'm sorry. Why was such a high profile guy just be moseying on in here? You'd probably sit up a little straighter. You'd probably even, you know, not pay attention to the preaching, take pictures of him. You know, you, you, would, you would take notice. Same thing would happen if Drew Brees walked in here. Or Michael Jordan. If Michael Jordan walked in here, pastor would tackle him. Pastor would immediately add him to the pastoral staff. He'd be like, you're, you're there. Here you go. Uh, if Taylor Swift walked in here. Uh, Taylor Swift's apparently a big deal. Uh, yes, you, some people might leave. Uh, some people may be feeling 22. Um, or if someone like Elon Musk walked in here, you're going to be like, whoa, this is a big deal. And you would act a little different. You would act a little bit different than you would act if it was just a normal old Wednesday night. You know these names because of the popularity or the influence that their name carries. You know these names, they, they, there's a weight to them. And tonight I want to talk to you about a name that is above every other name. The name that carries the most influence, the highest authority and the greatest power. It's, it's a, I'm talking about that name, the name of Jesus. And it's a simple title tonight. You've probably never seen this before. Jesus. Jesus. It's, it's, it's funny, but when the Lord laid something on my heart, I was like, all right, let's, let's do this thing. Let's see what happens. But before we go any further, I just wonder if, you, you know, bow, you can bow your heads however you want to do it. I just want to ask the Lord that His Word, as we begin to pray, that His Word would find good ground tonight. Your Word's not going to return void, Lord. Somebody needs to hear what Your Word has to say tonight, God. I pray that we leave here changed. Let Your Spirit move freely in this place, God. In Jesus' name, I plead the blood of Jesus over each and every person in here. In Jesus' name, amen. So why the name Jesus? The Bible says in Luke 1, 30 through 31, but the angel said to her, Don't, do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. Jesus means in Hebrew, Jehovah is salvation. Jehovah is salvation. I believe that this is important for us to understand that the, the word of, what the Word of God has to say about the importance of the name of Jesus. It, it's interwoven in every message ever preached. Jesus is. Duh. It's why we do this. It's why we're here. 
But Jesus is not just a way to heaven. Hear me. He is the only way to heaven. There is no salvation in any other name but the name of Jesus. Acts 4 and 10 says, Then know this, you and all the people of Israel, it is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead, that this man stands before you healed. He is the stone you builders rejected and has become the capstone or the cornerstone. Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to men by which we must be saved. There are so many references to the name of Jesus in the Bible. And you can go on in Acts chapter 2. Many of us know this. Uh, the people wanted to know, what do we need to do to be saved? That's a pretty important topic, a pretty important question. And there was an easy answer. Uh, Peter said, now when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter, the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized, every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. He is the one that died for our sins. It's simple, but so deep and profound at the same time. John 10 says, The thief cometh not but for to steal, to kill, and destroy. Braxton talked about this. I, I am come that I might have life, that they may have it more abundantly. I am the good shepherd, and the good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. The world does nothing but steal. The world and your enemy, the adversary, the devil, he does nothing but take and, and pervert. But what Jesus does is Jesus brings life. Brings a, Jesus brings peace, brings joy unspeakable. I'm really trying to make a point here because everything we do is because of the name of Jesus. The name of Jesus. So our entire purpose is to pursue Jesus. He made sure that we could find everything that we need in him and him alone. I mean, somebody's going to get this eventually, I'm telling you. So who is Jesus Christ? Don't listen to me. Listen to Scripture. It says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. I'm about to run through some stuff, and y'all are just going to just hang on, because y'all got to know about this This. This Jesus that I'm talking about, okay? Everything that I'm about to say is found in Scripture. I can send you my notes if you want reference. I have a Scripture reference to each. But He is not a God. He is the mighty God. He is the everlasting Father. He is our peace, and we can go to Him when the rest of the world is being shattered. He is the author and finisher of our faith. He is coming back after a church called by His name. He is the bridegroom, and the church will be His bride. We can go to Him in our darkest hour. He is the bright and morning star. He is our deliverer. He is Emmanuel, which is God with us. He was God manifested in the flesh. He was and still is a friend of sinners. He is our hope. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. He is the light of the world. He is the Lord of lords. 
He is the Lord of all. He is our Lord and Savior. He is the Lord mighty in battle. He is the Lord over all. He is the Lord strong and mighty. He is the Lord your Redeemer. He is the Lord, the only wise God, our Savior. Y'all ain't ready. He is the great physician. He is the good shepherd. He is the true and eternal life. He is eternal. He has no beginning. He has no end. He's omnipresent. He's everywhere at the same time. He's omnipotent. He has all power, all authority. He is unchangeable. All things were made by Him. He was in the world, and the world was made by Him, and the world knew Him not. I want someone to know tonight that whatever doubt, worry, problem, pain, sickness you walk in here with, I have the answer. I have the answer. It's so simple. Jesus. Jesus. Can we just say His name for just a moment? And can we just lift our hands and just say, Jesus, we welcome you in this place tonight. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Everyone in here knows that every day that you wake up and your feet hit the floor, you're in a battle. You don't, you don't get up and your servant bring you your, your, your morning food and, and take care of you and all this kind of stuff. No, you, you get out of bed and bombs start going off. And, and you don't know what it was like on D-Day. You don't know what it was like when the Allied troops stormed Normandy. But you know what it's like to have a battle each and every day of your life. You know what it's like to go through spiritual warfare. Your day is going to be filled with with pains and problems. You know that you're going to battle depression. You know that you're going to battle anxiety. That sickness in your your body is going to make sure that you know it's still there. It's not going to let you forget about it. You know you're going to be tempted. You know you're going to be tested and targeted. That you're going to face uncertainty and, and you're going to question things. But you can have thousands of different problems in your life. But there is one name that has overcome it all. There is one name that has overcome anything that you're going to face. It's overcome your past. It's here in your future, in your present. And it's, it's a simple message with a simple application. I refuse to only be a hearer of the word and not a doer of the word. I have to apply this to my life. I have to take this home with me. How can I do that? It's so simple. Every time, please hear me. Every time that you, your, your mind is attacked with negativity, every time that you feel that ache and that pain in, in your body, every time that you feel that pull to do those things that you know you're not supposed to do, every time that you experience those emotions you're not supposed to, you feel that dread overwhelm you, speak the name. Speak the name. I'll, I'll be walking around the house sometimes and I'll just say, Jesus. And I'm like, what's going on? I scared Meg half to death. But that's my reaction. I don't know what else to say. I don't know what else to do. Sometimes you got to speak the name. Sometimes you got to dwell on that name. Sometimes you have to call on that name. I have to every single day. Every single day. Jesus, this is what's so awesome, is that when you call on his name, he is going to respond to you. 
The Bible says in Matthew 7 and 7, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be open to you. When you reach, Jesus will respond. And I'm, I'm coming to a close. Musicians can come. This is, Lord, lay this on my heart. Pastor preached on three miracles uh, last week. That was your title, right? And <laughs> I believe that this is a church where miracle signs and wonders are going to happen. Amen. Amen. It just it is what it is. This is the place. And when I say church, it's not just these four, however many walls we got here. It's this body of believers that's so strong. I, you know, I'm not praying for it, but if a hurricane swept this whole building away, the church is still strong. The church, it might hurt our flesh, Brother Ricky Shane, but it's not going to break our spirit. It's not going to break our spirit. I believe that this is that church. And I, I want to close with this. Our, where Jesus went, wherever Jesus went, miracles followed. Where at what Jesus' ministry was three years, and so many miracles were performed that the Bible cannot even name all of them. There's not enough paper. They, they, they just couldn't do it. You'd have to have a whole encyclopedia, multiple, it, it just couldn't happen. There's, 30, there's around 37 notable miracles recorded in the Bible. And I wasn't going to say this, but I have to say it. Over half of them were miracles of healing. Because that's what Jesus came to do. From the get-go, we've been broken, we've been hurting, we've been in pain. And I just feel in my spirit that, that this church is going to be a place of healing. Because this is a place where Jesus dwells. And in the presence of Jesus, he can't help but have compassion on those that, that, need, that need a touch from God. Where Jesus went, miracles followed. You can go ahead and show that first picture. I want us to imagine for a moment what it must have been like to experience Jesus during his ministry on earth. To be listening to Jesus and hear your stomach start to growl and wonder when you would eat. And see Jesus take five loaves of bread and two fish and just it, it begin to multiply. What that must have been like. And then the next one is how incredible it must have been to see a lame man pick up his cot and, and walk again. And then the, what would you do if you were on the next one in the midst of a storm? In the midst of a storm and had no, nothing else to do, nowhere to go, nowhere to hide. And Jesus began to walk on the water and come right where you were in the middle, the middle of your problem. I want you to imagine your, your daughter's dead and you don't know what else to do but to go to Jesus and beg Him to heal her body. 
and to be a bystander and witness that. And then imagine the, the shock the crowd felt when they saw a man that had been dead for three days exit to tomb, wrapped in bandages like nothing ever happened. Can you imagine? Can you imagine to witness a man who you knew was always blind, to, to witness him seeing for the very first time the expression on his face, the joy that had to overcome him. Now think about what it was like to be there on the, on the day of Jesus' crucifixion. You know an innocent man is up on that cross. You know people are yelling. Soldiers are placing bets on, on his clothes to have a piece of his clothes. And all along the followers of Jesus are hiding. And you're in that crowd and you're watching this happen. And then you hear Jesus say, it is finished. And he draws his last breath. And as Luke says, the sun stopped shining and the curtain of the temple was torn in two. Can you imagine being there on that day? I want to end the same way that I started, and that's with a question. What would you do if Jesus Christ walked through those doors behind you and walked into this room? What would you do? How would you respond? Would you run toward him? Would you bring him all your problems? Would you bring him everything that you've been holding on to? Would you beg him for healing? Would you plead with him for the soul of a loved one? The Lord sent me here tonight to let you know that he is here. You don't have to wonder if he's going to walk through those doors. He's, he's, he's been walking the aisles. He's been everywhere you've walked today. He's been by you. He's as close as the mentioning of his name. 